Good morning. It is seven minutes after 10 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. A teacher in Missouri was uh, being intimate with her 16-year-old male student. The father knew about it. That's rather bizarre. Uh, We'll we'll kick that around uh, uh, with Jennifer Bukowski. She'll be on at 1035. She's also going to talk about Blaine Lutkemeyer and uh, his retirement. Uh, In the meantime, a dog had a very expensive meal. Apparently, this family up in Pennsylvania, they went to the bank and they withdrew cash, $4,000. You know, Brian, it occurs to me that they were very lucky they didn't get stopped by the police. Yeah. Uh, $4,000, they could say, hey, hey, prove that this isn't used uh, for drug money. But anyway, they managed to get the money home. They left it on the table. The dog ate it. Yeah. Holy moly. The dog ate it. They left it on the table. They were stunned to find the pup thought it was his meal. (laughs) <laughs> he ate about half the money and ripped up the rest. So they had to figure out how to get their money back. And eventually they, they managed to get back most of their money. But it was not uh, not easy. Kind of a waiting game, I guess. No, no, they didn't. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. They, they um, uh, apparently went uh, poo diving. And uh, it started around 2 o'clock in the morning... Uh, the dog woke them up because he had to vomit. At that point, he, the the the, uh, uh, the dog's owner said, "I I got hope after seeing hundred dollar bills coming out." <laughs> Over the course of the next few days, Cecil was like a walking ATM machine, expelling fifty and one hundred dollar bills. The family decided to put a system in place to help sort uh, through uh, what they were finding, sifting through the poo, washing the money. Uh, matching serial numbers on the uh, scraps of bills and taping them back together. Uh, we invested several hours each day to recover our money. Uh, the dog's owner said that we couldn't recover everything uh, due to the pieces of cash getting smaller by day three. Uh, they were able to recover 3550 of the $4,000. And while they weren't happy about the situation at first, they were laughing about it now. Now imagine you're the bank teller. <laughs> you had to go there. I just knew you were going to. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, we'd like to turn this in for uh, cash that isn't covered in poo. Uh, and you'd be wearing rubber gloves, right? Oh, Lord. Oh, uh, that would uh, that would be... Uh, <laughs> That's a job I don't want, you know. No, no, I'm almost, uh, I'm almost willing to lose four grand over it. You know, <laughs> you want me to do what? Oh no! <sighs> All right, uh, it is uh, ten minutes after ten o'clock. Glad to have you with us, uh, and glad to be with you. Uh, we've got some other more serious topics at hand. Let me just tell you what's on uh, Jennifer's mind before we get uh, too far along here. Uh, she's not only going to talk about uh, Blaine Lutkemeyer. Uh, and the math teacher, uh, but Israel trying to arm more of their citizens with guns since the Hamas attack. Uh, New Mexico justices hear a challenge to uh, a public health ban on guns in public parks and playgrounds. I love the way they do that. They always make it sound when you you talk about guns and playground or uh, concealed carry permit holders carrying guns in school. They right away act as though, and they make you paint a picture of kids playing with guns. They're bringing guns into the school. Kids will be playing with these guns. 
uh, when nothing could be further from the truth. And kids are exposed to guns all the time, and they don't even know it. Concealed carry permit holders were all over the place. We're in your local grocery store, the shopping mall. Uh, we're, we're ubiquitous. By the way, I don't know if you saw this, Brian, or not, but apparently uh, more than half the country, they are now uh, allowing for permitless carry of firearms. And gun crimes uh, have gone down. Which is, I think, just the opposite of what was being predicted. Right. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, we're supposed to have, like, people stacked up like cordwood, uh, you know, dying in, in on the streets uh, because people can carry a firearm legally. Uh, but that turns out not to be the case. In fact, they did a study in Ohio. Uh, Ohio just passed a, a, a permitless carry law uh, last year, or the year before. And you could, if you live in the state of Ohio, you can carry without a permit. And everybody, uh, you know, on the left was saying, oh, people are all over the place. We're going to see all kinds of violence. People are going to be dying shot on the street. There's going to be blood uh, running down the sewers. Turns out that in uh, the three major urban areas in the state of Ohio, Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati, um, violent crime is actually gone down. I know. <laughs> Hard to believe. Uh, Gary, my one question that remains, says Carol, unanswered, about January 6th, is why refuse the National Guard's presence that day? Pelosi is responsible and uh, someday she is going to be exposed for allowing the crowd to do what, what uh, she had hoped it would do. One of the, we were talking about, if you just turned the radio on in the last segment of the program, we were talking about this um, uh, interview that that uh, seemed to indicate that the FBI was heavily involved in the January 6th riot. And the uh, the legislator that was talking to Tucker Carlson pointed out how difficult it is to get around the, uh, the, the uh, Capitol. Uh, when you don't know your way around the Capitol. And and I testified having, uh, you know, spent a great deal of time going through the Capitol, that it is challenging. Uh, there are all kinds of hallways and pathways and underground railroad, and, and literally it is. It's got a trolley that goes from place to place. That there is some truth to this, that it, that it would be very difficult. Well... The uh, the FBI was questioned about their uh, their activity on January sixth, and it it really leads you to believe that they're hiding something. There's no reason I can think of why they wouldn't answer these questions that uh, you know should have been public knowledge. Uh, Brian, do you have that audio? Yes, I do. Would you play this interview? How many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th? Sir, I'm sure you can appreciate that I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. Uh, Did any FBI agents or confidential informants actively participate in the events of January 6th? Yes or no? Sir, I can't, I can't answer that. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? I can't answer that, sir. 
Did any FBI agents or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? Sir, I can't answer that. Ms. Sadburn, who is Ray Epps? Well, I'm aware of the individual, sir. Uh, I don't have the specific background to him. Well, there are a lot well, of people who are understandably very concerned, concerned about Mr. Epps. On the night of January 5th, 2021, Epps wandered around the crowd that had gathered. And there's video out there of him chanting, tomorrow, we need to get into the Capitol, into the Capitol. This was strange. All right, so, all right, let me just just jump in here. There is no reason why she could not have answered those questions. And that gives credence to the argument that the FBI helped to instigate what happened on January 6th. I can't think of a reason why she couldn't say we had 150 agents in there and no, they didn't break any laws and no, they didn't incite any violence and no, they didn't participate in any violence. There's no, no reason why she couldn't have said that. I mean, she's not given out uh, social security numbers uh, and identification for the agents. All she had to say was yes or no. Here's roughly how many. And no, they didn't do anything illegal. That's what gives credence to the nonsense of January 6th. You know, it doesn't mean that Donald Trump shouldn't have come out sooner and said, hey, come on, everybody, get out of there. This is not the way we do things. I, 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 don't, I don't disagree with that. But I, you're going to have to go a long way to make me believe that this just spontaneously happened. Uh, I don't know. Um, let me do this. I, I'm up against the clock. I've got to take a quick break. Brenda says uh, it's snowing halfway to Harrisburg on Route E. We got to get uh, uh, Tony Lupo on the show uh, because uh, we're supposed to be having global warming, and I'm looking at single digits coming up in the next week. He better fix that. We'll talk about it with him a little later in the program. Jennifer Bukowski at 1035. Gary Nolan Zimmer, Radio Network. It is uh, 21 minutes after 10 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. Uh, glad to be with you. Uh, an interesting story about a, a new form of uh, smoking cessation that uh, I will uh, tell you about. Uh, it's not here in the United States yet. Why? <laughs> because the government won't let it. But we'll, we'll give you those details, too. Uh, David is on on the dog that ate $4,000. Uh, David, good morning. Well, good morning. I, I don't know. Maybe you've already explained this, but uh, you know why they had to turn the money in the dog where the dog ate it uh, because of the way they did, right? Why what? Why they did what they did so they could turn it in and get real cash back. Well, you know why they turned it in, though, the way they did, you know, the condition it was in? It's illegal what? to launder money. Oh, that's terrible. You see, you fell right in on that yes, one. Yes, I did. <laughs> Splash. Oh, man. David, don't don't call back ever again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thank you for the call. Launder money. Unbelievable. I fell right into that. Uh, the road's out there. Let's get an update from Rick. He is in Hallsville or from Hallsville. Rick, welcome. Right. Well, you know, it is snowing, but, uh, you know, Everybody yesterday was talking about that this was going to be a wet snow. This is the wettest, heaviest snow I remember. 
I mean, this two inches is heavy if you had to shovel any of it. And anybody that hasn't ventured out on the road yet, if you get out of the track and get into the slush, you're going places you don't want to go. Uh, it is really, really uh, a deep snow. And nobody in the morning uh, shows talked about how bad it was, even though they drove in in it. And uh, but, well, I'd, I'd, Brian, did you have a problem? Not at all, no. Everything was uh, pretty much uh, very slushy, but I didn't run into any problems at all. Yeah, well, I don't remember such a wet, heavy snow. Uh, well, now, you're in Hallsville. You're a little bit uh, further north than Columbia. Are you referring yeah. to roads in Columbia or in Hallsville? Uh, the Hallsville area, and okay. basically north. Yeah, um, now, Moberly and Hallsville did see a lot more uh, heavy, wet snow than Columbia got. Yeah, we might have got three inches, uh, which keeps melting and compacting down and getting heavier and heavier as far as the slushiness of it. But uh, in most cases, I'm thinking because of the moisture content, if you get out of the track and get into the slush, uh, you're going to be taking a ride. All right. Uh, Rick, thank you. You got three inches. Is that what you got? Yeah, about three, well, but it, you know it keeps. Uh, you got a lot in common with Brian. Okay, <laughs> Rick, thank, thank you, buddy. I appreciate see that it. one coming a mile away. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> nothing. Didn't nothing. it snow that much where you were at? I, uh, I no, no, I'm not going to count on <laughs> comment on how much snow we got. Uh, no. <laughs> oh Lord. I don't know what your problem is, but I'm going to move on uh-huh. uh, because uh, there is a. Uh, this and I heard about this. I'll tell you who told me about this. I, I was uh, uh, at dinner with with Rex Sinkfeld. He had invited a bunch of people to dinner, and he started talking about this this um, alternative to smoking that they've come up with in Japan. And it's not a vape. Uh, what it does is it heats tobacco, and. If they do that, you know, the problem with smoking isn't the nicotine. Nicotine is addictive, but it isn't, you know, any more addictive than caffeine. That's not the problem. The problem is uh, you're inhaling carbon monoxide. You're, you know, you're burning things and inhaling, inhaling them that way. But apparently in Japan, they've come up with an innovative product, uh, IQOS. And what they do is they just heat the tobacco. And so you don't get the carcinogens. It's a much safer alternative. And we don't have it here, uh, although I guess it's, it's finally going to get here. Uh, the federal government uh, in, in, is partly responsible for the delay. They wanted to bring it here, but a couple of things popped up. One of them is you've got to have, you know, the government regulates everything. Uh, but it's finally going to come here to the United States. It's not quite a vape uh, because it actually uses tobacco. Um, it's less toxic than uh, cigarettes, uh, but satisfying enough to uh, to compete with them. Now, in Japan, they don't ban smoking. This is where the product is being sold right now, and I guess 60 other countries. Uh, it's still on hold here. Uh, first, regulations by the Food and Drug Administration uh, slowed the arrival uh, then the rollout of the uh, IQOS was cut short by a patent dispute with R.J. Reynolds. Um, but it, it, it it's much safer. 
in Japan, they have a much higher smoking rate, and they haven't tried to force people to quit. You know, the whole secondhand smoke lie, that canard, uh, and everything else. But they allowed this product to be sold. And apparently, without any, you know, government uh, standing up and, and compelling people to quit, forcing them to quit, punishing them for smoking, just letting the product be introduced, cigarette sales have plummeted in Japan. It's, this is the free market uh, at work. Uh, Japan has accomplished spectacular things in a very short period of time with regard to cigarette smoking, according to uh, an adjunct professor of law, University of Ottawa, uh, with decades of experience in tobacco regulations. Uh, he co-authored a study uh, in 2020 that analyzed Japanese sales data from 2011 to 2019. And... This uh, this uh, product just got introduced, and right away, cigarette sales plummeted. See, smokers don't want to die; they want to enjoy the the hit. They want to enjoy their cigarette, but they're not anxious to die. And if you come up with an alternative that will supplant the dangerous uh, cigarette, they'll do it. Here in the United States, we try to force or we club them over the head. You're not living the life we want you to live. Bang, bang, bang. We'll raise taxes, take away your freedom, punish you. But apparently in Japan, they didn't do that. They just let them introduce this. They don't restrict smoking. And uh, the downward trend continued. The sale of of, uh, regular cigarettes nearly halving uh, cigarette sales, cutting their sales in half. In just seven years, from 180 billion cigarettes sold nationwide in 2015 to under 100 billion in 2022. Free market at work. Uh, If the government gets the hell out of the way, it'll be available here. And it's been around for a long time. The government's part of the problem, part of the reason that uh, you you couldn't get it sooner. But it'll, it'll be here. So if you're a smoker and and maybe you tried vaping and don't like it, this might be an alternative. I have a problem with vaping uh, fruity flavors. I just, I don't like them. Uh, That's why uh, I go to my favorite vape store and I get... uh, Where's that? The Como Vapor place, you mean? uh, My favorite vape store. They they sell uh, caramel brulee. Caramel? Uh, No, a caramel. Well, whichever... Yeah. Uh, what's that one that you smoke? The, the Carney? Carney 4, yes. Vape. It's, yeah. uh... Ne- neither, just, they're not that fruity, flavory right. stuff. I just can't stand that stuff. Uh, but that, of course, is a problem with the government because they think they're trying to uh, seduce young kids uh, into vaping. I assure you, neither Brian nor I are a young kid. Um, and we enjoy... I am. You're not. I identify as 14. <laughs> Me too. Yes. <laughs> Hide your daughters. We're you on the way. You can do that nowadays. Yeah, apparently. Uh, but the government, well, once again, getting in the way. Uh, but those are some alternatives out there. I just thought I would throw that out there. Jennifer Bukowski is going to be with us. We're going to talk about a math teacher that was being intimate with uh, her male student. And the father, he was okay with it. 
That's coming up in the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 1035, glad to have you with us, glad to be with you. And uh, it is, of course, Tuesday at 1035, and you know what that means. That means Jennifer Bukowski is with us. And she brings with her her own series of stories. And I am particularly interested in this teacher here in Missouri who apparently <laughs> was being intimate uh, with her uh, math student, and the father knew about it. This is incredible. Uh, Jennifer, yes. welcome. Uh, this is a bizarre story. It is bizarre, but I'll tell you what, Gary, is it just me or does it seem like Missouri teachers are making the UK Daily Mail at a fairly regular basis lately? <laughs> <laughs> it's like every, I got, once a month at least, I come on your show and I'm talking about some Missouri teacher and some sort of sex scandal that makes the UK Daily Mail. But in this instance, it's Haley Nichelle Clifton Carmack, 26, a Missouri high school teacher. She's accused of having sex with a student. And uh, I'm going to mispronounce it. And even though my kid has played soccer against this team, I'm going to mispronounce the school here. The Quay School is uh, where this uh, 16-year-old went to school. I have a 16-year-old now, and I would not want a 26-year-old teacher having any kind of sexual relationship with him. Can uh, I just say, can I just say, totally can I just, with it. can I just say as a one-time 16-year-old uh, male student, I would have been fine with this. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. It's uh, creepy and weird, Gary. I, I don't know. What's wrong with her? She's got two children of her own. She was married and now they're separated. But, uh, yeah, so apparently the teen's father facilitated this, let her come over and visit for their relationship, and uh, he had scratch marks all over his back, which is one of the things that led to the reporting of this whole relationship. Um, did the father uh, get involved with the teacher as well? Not to my knowledge, but he is now involved as kind of a co-defendant of sorts because he's been charged with endangering the welfare of a child by facilitating this relationship. How does now she is pretty, but all right? Uh, how does how does the wrong with her if she's going for a sixteen-year-old? I'm sorry. Uh, all right, that may be true, but what is the danger to the boy? I don't know. That's a formative time. He could have issues the rest of his life and be going for, issues. I don't know. Issues. Relationships <laughs> with weird power dynamics. Issues. Are you kidding me? A 16-year-old boy? <laughs> I don't think he would have issues. He is with... not that old. I mean. I don't think a 16. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite people to call in on this. Because I, uh, guys, uh, I want to hear from the guys. 16 years well, old. Well, I love the girls, too. The moms, too. I'd like to hear from them as well. I care about the moms. I care about... Show. Well, I I'm care... a mom, and I care about those. Well, you may, right you may care about it, I but would... the idea that the government would say... I would not be facilitating this. She would be run out on the <laughs> rail, let me tell you. All right. Uh, guys, would you have been harmed, do you believe, uh, if this had happened to you at 16? 
800-529-5572. Brian, would you have been scarred for life? Uh, let me think. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I don't think so. Uh, he'd be a hero uh, to his classmates. Well, uh, look, Gary, what if it was a hot 26-year-old man doing this with a 16-year-old high school student? Would you feel differently? It's not, so I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, um, I just don't think, see, guys think differently about intimacy than, than women do. And I don't think that this kid is going to be scarred for life. I really don't. I, I think he's going to be fine. Well, I, hope, I, I, I'm I not certainly saying, hope that that is the case. I'm not saying that it's a good idea for teachers to be uh, doing their students. Uh, I, I do think that's a problem. But the idea that, that uh, somehow this kid is going to be wounded for life, I'm not so sure that's the case. All right, we'll we'll find out. We'll talk to some people. Dave is uh, first in line. Uh, Dave, Dave, good morning. Hey Gary, what happened to your objectivity? Keep talking about a, a teacher who had relations. Um, she's been accused of rape. Yeah, well, Seriously. I'm asking. No, here, let no, me. No, rape. no, 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 don't no, no me. I'm the host of the show. I'm just going to ask you a simple question. If you were 16 years old and uh, some hot woman decided to be intimate with you, would you be scarred for life? Uh, probably not. And but none of the teachers I had when I was 16 were hot. <laughs> <laughs> were oh, you pretty qualify pretty that. that that would have squalled, that would have scarred me for life. <laughs> hey, I went to a Catholic school. You've no idea how unattractive that was. There's uh, no difference between this kid's father and Ghislaine Maxwell facilitating the uh, trafficking minors. We can, can the law he, is technicalities. Dave, the law. Dave, Dave, the Dave, can that father give his 16 year old son a beer? Not legally. Uh, I believe he can legally. I believe he can legally. Mm. I oh, can't well. give him a beer, but his father sure can. The lawyer, uh, Jen, made a great, a, a great comment. If it would have been a sixteen-year-old girl getting getting it from a male teacher, and the male father would have been facilitating it, he'd already be on a rail. And got it and quartered. Well, you know, we could, dis you know, a, we could discuss that. Standard. There's a huge double standard in the law, and the reason women teachers keep abusing children is because they don't get prosecuted. And one last thing women and men commit sex crimes at the same rate. However, women usually do the majority of it is on minors. Well, we, you we know, I, I think men and women uh, often view uh, intimacy differently. Oh, of course uh, they do. Uh, guys are, you know, we don't, if, if she's attractive, we're good to go. That's pretty much all the, you know, most guys need. I don't know, Gary. This lady's probably playing mind games with this kid, telling him about keeping secrets and, like, just owning his world. I mean, women can control men with sex. They always do. They always have. Uh, of course they do. And it's not right for a teacher to be doing that to a kid. This kid is not going to be scarred. 
If it was well, a man, you would have been called a Svengali and a horrible manipulator. It's hilarious. It's, it's interesting. But you did lose a little bit of your perspective by not calling her out for what she should be charged with, which she should be charged with is the crime of rape. Which well, is she is being charged with rape. She is, yeah. She has been. Good. She is. Most of the time, teachers get off with sexual misconduct and no, don't get put on sexual predator lists. So. All right. Hey, Dave, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, let me go to Bob and find out if he'd been scarred for life. Bob, you're 16 years old. A hot older woman uh, is intimate with you. Are you scarred for life? It never bothered me before. <laughs> Are you confessing to something, Dave? Oh, oh Bob. No, no, Bob. <laughs> Bob, Bob not say, Dave. say no more, Bob. We we get the picture. No, that, that, that would help that kid's self-esteem. Oh, my God. <laughs> He'd be just through the roof with that. He'd have no qualms talking to any woman ever. Yeah, yeah. You're right. His self-esteem would be boosted right through the roof. All right, Bob. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, for your honest uh, response, uh, let's find out from Chuck whether or not he'd be horribly scarred from this. Chuck, would you be scarred from this? No, think how well that guy's going to do in college. They just leave him alone. I mean, <laughs> I mean, think about this. They 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 had a similar case in in North Carolina. I don't know if you heard about this not too long ago, where the mother caught her son who was eighteen of legal age. Uh, with his teacher, and they were prosecuting the teacher for the crime of rape, uh, statutory rape, and the dude was 18 years old. It makes no sense. It's almost like they handpick these laws and decide what morality they want to back at any given time, and it's not a set criteria. It, I just don't understand it. All right. Hey, Chuck, well, th thank you. to deal with the teacher. It's illegal. That statute, this guy or this woman's getting charged under involves you not allowed to have sex with a student. She Isn't she being charged with uh, statutory rape? Well, not, I not actually, I was trying to pull the PC statement up, but I didn't get a chance to just yet. Let me, I can do that on the commercial. Uh, in a further twist in the case, the teenage boy's father has also been charged with endangering the welfare of a child. I don't think his, his welfare his father's is... not bad looking. She should be having a relationship with the father, not this kid. <laughs> I just don't think it endangered... I just don't think it endangered the kid. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not endorsing it. I, I don't want anybody to think I'm endorsing it, especially if it's a teacher and a student. I do think that's morally wrong, but I, I'm not sure it's really putting this kid in, in any danger at all. All right, quick break. We'll be back. We'll take your phone calls. We got more. Blaine Lutkemeyer throwing his hat uh, out of the ring. Uh, we'll chat about that on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. <laughs> oh, Lord, I, I'm getting some messages at GaryNolan.com that are kind of interesting, to say the least. Uh, if you just uh, joined us, here's, uh, here's the topic. Apparently, this uh, math teacher was being intimate with her 16-year-old male student, uh, the father was completely aware of it, and uh, they're both being charged, I guess, with statutory rape. Um, and I argued that uh, this is not child or child endangerment. This is not child endangerment. This kid is going to be fine. Uh, then I get this message from David. I don't know if this is true or not. I'm just reading the message. He went to GaryNolan.com and said, student-teacher relationships were fairly common at states' uh, schools for the blind in the 80s 
It was a great oh. boost to self-esteem. I, I don't know. Uh, Anson says, I think it would be fine if the student married the teacher before relations begin. Sex outside of marriage is a bad idea. Uh, what are Missouri laws regarding age and marriage? I don't necessarily think they got to rush into marriage. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gary, I, mean, I think you're missing. Melissa says, Gary, I think you're missing Jennifer's point. The teacher is an authority figure who can use the situation against him. Not to mention the fact that men would be strung up for doing the same thing. Yeah, but I think that's because uh, we recognize, we all recognize it. Guys, we're just, it just doesn't take much for us to be uh, willing, if you will. Uh, women are generally more discerning than that. Uh, and for a variety of reasons, because guys aren't going to get pregnant, uh, the girls are. So I think women are, are just generally more discerning. But I don't think this kid's going to be scarred. I don't think this is hurting him um, mentally anywhere down the road. And and what is she going to hold out over him? She, she going to refuse her services if he doesn't pass his math test? I, I don't know. Uh, let me go grab some phone calls here. I can't believe some of the sentences in this probable cause statement I pulled up on CaseNet, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, probable cause. Well, I'll be curious to hear about those. Uh, <clears throat> Brian, uh, I'm going to go back to the phones. I'm going to get Paul on the line. Paul, would you be scarred if this happened to you? Gary, Gary, Gary. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, the problem with this is, uh, and it's interesting that this is a math teacher, and the, the harm, uh, and within air quotes to this boy, was would be that uh, I think you could make an um, argument that he will have trouble in life balancing a very important equation. And what that comes down to, and, and you kind of bring that up with your use of the word intimacy, you know, intimacy is more than just having sex. Gary, and there's this old saying that, uh, and there, there's some truth to it that that um, men give love to get sex, and women give sex to get love. But if what I think is true, I, I think uh, you could bear this out that if you allow, um, and Jennifer rightly said he's at a formative age, if you allow men to just easily go straight to sex. They don't learn to have intimacy in, in the true sense of the word. Like I said, intimacy is way more right. than just a physical act. Paul, let me ask so you a question. Let me interject here. Let me inter interject here. Well, well, have you ever had, have you ever had, uh, a, a, I, I've got to be very careful how I say this because we're on the air. So I'm going to refer to it as um, an event. Have you ever had an event with a woman uh, that you weren't in love with, uh, but it was just fun? Let's keep this on a theoretical level. No, I'm just right? asking you a simple question. Uh, well, yeah, I, I was, you know, I thought differently when I was a 16-year-old boy. Ah, and, so and, and it, did it harm? Did it destroy you? In, in the sense that I'm talking about, I, I, I'd say it did. I, I became a Christian, I found faith, and I, I kind of had to rethink the whole, my whole relationship with how men should properly relate to, to women. So, yeah. it didn't, uh, so it didn't destroy you? 
Uh, what did I just say? That, that you, I, you said I that you to, thought differently of it later, and, and I, I you're had, happy with your life. I had to go through some transformation, some reformation to become the kind of um, husband and father that, that form good, stable societies. And well, not who just, doesn't go through a transformation? You know, do, do we want young men to go to school to learn how to prey on women? That, you know, he didn't prey on her. There, there, there's an objective. <laughs> there, there's an objective to classrooms. The kids are going to learn if we bring all this sexualization and the, you know. This Paul, I'm not arguing. I'm, I'm not arguing that it shouldn't have happened with a student-teacher relationship. I'm arguing that he was not harmed in the long run. There is he's not harmed from this. He was not in danger. This is child endangerment, and I don't think he was in danger. In the sense of, in the sense of a way you're using the word endangerment, I would say. But I, I think, um, I think society is, is is not in the best interest of who we are as human beings. I mean, we can all go, you know, animal instinct uh, um, in that direction, but that that's not for our ultimate good. But, but anyway, right. I think we both made our points. Good exchange, right. Gary. Thanks. Paul, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, let me get, uh, Jennifer, do you want to interject anything here? Well, I'm reading this probable cause statement. It seems like the confidential witness is a fellow student who would be privy to like how the teacher was dressing at school with tight or low cut shirts. This is from the PC statement to show off her quote headlights and would wear <laughs> tight leggings that show off her camel toe. Don't know if I'm even allowed to say that. I guess it's too late. Uh, but, uh, that's another interesting dynamic is who's the victim? Like the father and the kid were complaining, but then a fellow student is turning them in. This is starting to make me feel like this is overcharged because she's hit with sexual contact with a student, child molestation in the fourth degree, statutory rape in the second degree, and then the endangering one, I guess, applies to the, oh, no, it applies to her, endangering the welfare of a child in the first degree. So, yeah, that's yeah, I think, a lot of charges levied at this woman. I think if there's oh, a yeah. law that says you're a teacher, you can't be intimate with your student, then she's guilty. Uh, I don't think the kid's in danger. Let me go grab another phone call. I got time to squeeze Mike's call in, so I'm going to take it. Mike, good morning. Hi. Uh, how about we go back in time just a few generations, and it was you know, quite appropriate to be, you know, the girls to be married at a, a early teen age. Yeah, if you were if you made it to eighteen or nineteen, you were a spinster. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, so what, what has changed? Yeah, they uh, they weren't harmed. All right, Mike. Point well made. Thank you very much. We've we really have uh, kind of strayed from the norm. So we're up against the clock. We got to take a quick break. If you're listening to us on KWOS in Jeff City, you're now taking the third hour. So you will be blessed with Jennifer Bukowski in the next hour. Wow. How could you go wrong? Uh, we'll talk about Blaine Lukemeyer next on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show 